Welcome to Oxford Adult ESL Conversations, hosted by Jamie Adelson Goldstein, co-author of the Oxford Picture Dictionary and series director of Step Forward. In this episode, Jamie is joined by Rebecca Barker, Programs Officer at the Oklahoma Department of Libraries. Rebecca is a teacher trainer, public speaker, and editor of literacy resource publications, including Celebrating Our Journey, a collection of stories written by adult learners. In this conversation on library literacy programs and their volunteers, Jamie and Rebecca discuss how library and community literacy programs are continuing to pivot to meet the changing needs of their communities and learners. Hello and welcome to another Oxford Adult ESL Conversation. It's my pleasure to welcome a dear friend and colleague, Rebecca Barker. So happy you're here, Rebecca. And by here, I mean 2,000 miles away in Oklahoma. Thanks, Jamie. Let's start with an easy question. What do you love about what you do? I love that I get to ask that question. Well, I work with adult literacy programs and I provide support to tutors and learners. Um, Previously, I... Previously, I provided direct service, and now I support people who are in the field, program directors, uh, instructors, and so on. And my favorite part of my job is to conduct a citizenship project. Tell me what you love about that. Oh, my goodness. My heart is so warm when we go to a swearing-in ceremony. I sit in on the classes. Um, We have eight programs that are providing direct instruction. And um, in fact, we had two from one of our newest projects uh, just this week, two to uh, pass the interview. That's just, I can't describe the feeling that's there. The interesting part about this right now is that, of course, most of the programs are using WhatsApp. I can join them uh, as they are presenting their program, and it's a fascinating project. Well, can I tell you what I love most about what you do? Yes, ma'am. The Celebrating Our Journey book, because I had the privilege of coming to an event. It was an author book signing, and all the authors, all adult learners, sat at tables and answered questions about their essays and stories and signed the books, and it was, beyond a doubt, one of the most uplifting moments I've ever had in my many years of working in our field. And I know you are intimately involved in making that book happen. We wondered whether or not we would have any participation this year. And as it turned out, we have collected about 75% of a previous publication. So we think that's a pretty remarkable response in a pandemic year. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. That's just wonderful. And do these, these come from all different levels of learners, right? Absolutely. Some of them, the ones I finished reading at about 7 o'clock this morning, were, <laughs> <laughs> were actually from very advanced learners, and they are writing as if they were applying for a GED. They have their one, two, three points and a conclusion, and they write such stories of heart, um, how much they love their home, how much they love their heroes, who are usually their mom or their dad. It's really fun. I can well imagine. I'd love to know what those learners have experienced in the program to get to this point. Could you describe the library literacy program? Yes, I'm employed by the state 
I work for the Oklahoma Department of Libraries, and we support literacy programs, volunteer literacy programs across the state. There are approximately 40 programs who use our services, and we provide leadership and resources and training to those programs. When I collected data pre-pandemic, there were approximately 2,000 adults in our project. These are people who are 16 and older, all adults. We had 188 tutors and instructors. And there's really not a one-size-fits-all from library literacy programs library-supported programs, faith-based programs, community action, housing authority. We, we don't have a one-size-fits-all. And every program must really have a different way of serving the community, right? I mean, so you're, you're really managing a lot of different situations. That's really true. They are excellent at what they do and seeing the needs of their community. It's kind of like teaching, you know, we teach to the needs of the learner. Well, we have to deal with the needs of the program as well. And tell me a little bit about the tutors then. So if it's it's not one size fits all within the program, I imagine it's certainly not one size fits all in terms of the tutors. <laughs> That's true. You know, when I started in literacy, um, the tutors were easy to come by. We could fill a room when we had a training And nowadays, I did a training two weeks ago with one of our local programs, and there were only three people attending. And that's heartbreaking to me. But I see a change, even pre-pandemic, I see a change in the interest, a change in the levels of the tutors or the potential tutors. We have a hard time enrolling young people in our literacy uh, trainings. So we're still dealing with the little old ladies in the church basement. That's my terminology for describing us. And is that a perception on the part of younger tutors that there's not a, not a place for them in this? Or is it because of just the difficulty of, of making a living that people don't have the time to volunteer? I'm not sure that I have the answer to that. I think several things might be a factor. One of the things I think we have to learn how to recruit in a different way. We have to learn to use social media. Mm. Um, we have to learn to live in the 21st century. Well, let's hearken back to what first led you to this field. Well, I have an, an education background. And when I I've moved quite a bit in my lifetime. And when we lived in Louisville, Kentucky, I participated in a church-managed literacy program, and I was hooked. It didn't take very long. I worked with some Egyptian women. And down through the years, I've had many immigrant friends. I've wanted to be a citizen of the world all my life. And So when I moved to Ponca City and was looking for a job, there was an opening in the library literacy program. It was a library-supported program. I participated in that project, and after a few years, there was an opening for the Department of Libraries, and it came at a very critical point in my life where I needed to make a change. And so that's what has caused me to be at the Department of Libraries. I was doing a little research and I saw all the amazing training materials that you've developed. We used those. I told you I participated in a training a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And we, we used our Open Minds training, which just simply keeps people on track, encourages us to talk about 
things that are important to both tutors and to learners. I think the videos that you have are really terrific. Yes, I, I think it's important to have videos. And sometimes our program directors, if they don't have time for an orientation or if they don't have one scheduled, they have people look at the videos. And sometimes that hooks them. Absolutely. And I, I think it's great to see a third party. So you, you get a sense of in that video, it's a little bit removed from you. Uh, there's no judgment involved and you have the time to process what you're seeing to really think about that. You know, I think, I think it's kind of what we're talking about with flipped learning in the uh, adult classroom, giving tutors the opportunity to just process something like that before they come in for a, a That's training. That's true. You've mentioned the pandemic a couple of times. The mindset that I've always had about tutoring is that a student and the tutor or a teacher and a small group are meeting in a library room, but that wasn't the case during the pandemic. So what kinds of adjustments did you make? Oh, big adjustments. Uh, you're right. When the library doors were closed in March, our people didn't have any place to meet. And of course, along with the closed doors, there was also the fear. The fear of the tutors, who are basically older women, fear of being exposed to COVID. Uh -huh. That was a very difficult time. What I've learned is that most of our tutors met with their learners over the phone. The classes of uh, small group instruction or maybe up to a, a large group, most of them were done by Zoom or by WhatsApp. Uh, WhatsApp has been a, a real help to our people. And I think that's true across the U.S. I think people were able to meet students where they were. I've, I'm hearing that. I am so impressed with the stories that, that I've heard on some of the webinars. And did you find that your tutors were able to make that pivot easily? Or did you have to support them in any way? They didn't make it easily. And, you know, I already said that fear of COVID and the other fear is fear of technology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, another thing that is similar to how people have felt across the country. That is true. And I'm not saying anything today that I haven't heard other program directors or other program managers say. I know that we've had a need to help our learners uh, learn, but we've also had a need to help our tutors learn. So we have presented many Zoom casts, and we've also just taught them how to use Zoom. That was such a, a mysterious product. <laughs> well, based on my experience with the, the programs in Oklahoma, it looked like they were really getting a handle on it. They have just amazed me. I have tried to stay in contact not only by Zoom, but also just a phone call and just a, a, a little personal chatting. But I am amazed at the resilience, beyond resilience, it's their enthusiasm. Uh. They are so eager. And you know, when you were doing the trainings for us uh, over the four-month period, they were excited every time it was time for a new web Cast. And so we were excited to, to learn some new things from you and to have an opportunity to present to our tutors as well as just our program directors. I think enthusiasm is such a wonderful stepping stone to learning. I, you know, it's very hard to embrace 
the frustration of technology without having a little enthusiasm to back you up. There's no question. <laughs> but how about the learners? How, how did the library program reach out to the learners to support them? The program directors encouraged their tutors or instructors to make phone calls, um, encouraged them to use WhatsApp. There was a great deal of personal information going on. I heard stories of several tutors who said that they tried to be a listening ear for the fear and for the help that they needed for their children. It, it was all personal. It was not so much curricula. And I think that's such an important lesson. There were so many lessons, Jamie, throughout this whole year. It was, it was a time for us all to lift each other up. The main thing is that when an emergency situation arises, we need to be prepared to meet that need. Just as we encourage the tutors to stay in touch with their learners, we feel it's important that we stay in touch with them. We contact them, we support them uh, in any way that we can. Just a listening ear sometimes is all it takes to lift the spirits and to go on with the job. Did anything surprise you over the course of the year? I really wasn't surprised by this, but I want to tell you how impressed I was with the sharing of resources. I attended so many webinars by ProLiteracy and OTAN and World Education, and they were so on target. They knew exactly what we needed, or at least it sounded as if they knew. And so I think that was something I really want to recognize, the generosity of the state programs. Of course, we would be happy to help anyone who needed our assistance. And I was appreciative also of Florida Literacy, Literacy Minnesota, the Texas programs. There has been such a sharing of resources and help that has just really warmed my heart and made me feel so good about the people I work with. And, you know, I think that that's another gift, if you want to put it that way, of this time, is that uh, everyone became a little less proprietary and a little bit more about let's make this work. And I really love that. So you mentioned that you think that programs could use more social media to, to bring in tutors. Do you have any advice for programs who are, are wanting to train tutors, reach out to tutors? I think what has been brought to my attention is that we just have to be patient. Um, social media is not easy. And so we need to be constantly looking forward, trying to include uh, social media, include WhatsApp, if that be the answer that we need to be aware of where we're headed and it's not going back. In fact, I heard a speech from Dr. Amy Lloyd in June of this year where she implored everyone in the field to stop thinking about going back to normal. And I'm thinking about what you tell the tutors now when you recruit them. If they've been a classroom teacher, they're used to having a textbook and relying on pair work and teamwork or engaging their learners with a lot of interactivity. Now you've said that one size doesn't fit all, but is there a process you would encourage a new tutor to use? Well, we do have a textbook. You know, we have Step Forward, which all of our programs use, and they love it. We really promote language experience stories, and we 
emphasize in tutor training that those potential tutors should use those stories more than one time, more than just collect the story, but that they should uh, use them to teach vowels or grammar. And I'd, I'd say that there's a lot of conversation. It, this, this business is more than just teaching words in a book. This is about relationships. And I think that's one of the things that we try to really convey to potential tutors. I always like to ask my guests if there's anything you'd wanted to say but hadn't had a chance to. Uh, There is no message I have in particular, but to say thank you to people who put their hearts and minds to work, um, make immigrants feel welcome. It's an important job and one that I think brings lots of pleasure and satisfaction. Well, Rebecca, I can't thank you enough. It's been just a pleasure to talk to you. And thanks for having an adult ESL conversation. Thank you so much, Janie. It's been fun. We love what you do and want to support you every step of the way. For more useful resources to support your teaching, including sample lessons from Step Forward in the OPD, visit us at www.oup.com ELT slash love adult ESL. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Oxford Adult ESL Conversations.